City Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy, back with you for our third episode of the Random City Podcast. That was Cayman's Call with Thankful, featuring the lead vocals of Derek Webb, one of my favorites. Uh, we'll be hearing some more from Cayman's Call this evening in the Saturday, March 28th edition of the Random City Podcast. We're going to start off with a little office talk, hang out by the water cooler for a little bit, go over to the Lost Island, and then we're going to take a little look into the movie Knowing, starring Nicolas Cage, that opened March 20th. Um, so stick around, and we'll have some fun. But before we get into that, I do need to make an apology. Last week, I said that Mary suggested some newsboys. Well, Mary's name's really Mary Evelyn. So sorry, Mary Evelyn, that I just refer to you as just plain old Mary. When you're Mary Evelyn, I do apologize. Okay, um, we're going to hear a bit more from the guys over in Cayman's Call, and then we're going to jump into some office talk. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, I'm going to change a couple lyrics to you here, so listen up for those. All right, thanks. I've been working on this thing for 15 years And I think it's time that we just let go can't tell if it's history or just my bad boss. But if I don't leave now, then I may never go. And Dunder Mifflin, I don't know who I am without you. Yeah, I know who I'll never be. And I'm the wrong man for the job. That's the way it is I'll be the wrong man for the job As long as I shall live For better or for worse We both know I'm the wrong man for the job Come on over to Michael Scott Paper Company and buy your paper from me. All right, that was me singing along with Derek Witt from Cayman's Call on the song Wrong Man. And, uh, yeah, so that basically kind of recap part of this week's episode. Um, actually, last week's too. Michael Scott, our beloved regional manager for Dunder Mifflin Scranton, resigned from his position two episodes ago. And then this previous episode that aired um, yesterday, he... Um, had been serving his two weeks notice and we actually catch out about a week into it and he's just been more stupid than normal basically <laughs> like if you've never really got into the office basically the the funny things in the office basically come from the people not really so much jokes and laughs and whatever it's more awkward situations created by people in the office and it's very realistic in a lot of ways but not so much in some ways too but Michael especially if he wasn't so innocent and naive he would be like the most horrible person ever because he's so inconsiderate and so just um not politically correct and just 
he's just weird, but it's very funny. Um, it really is. But um, this particular episode, as he is serving his last few days at the paper company, he realizes that the job market's tough right now um, with the recession and whatever else is going on. He decides that he should start Michael Scott Paper Company since he knows everything there is to know about paper. And he tries to convince others in the office to come with him to start this company. And he basically, not everyone, but basically goes to most of the office and asks them to come with him. And everyone either politely says, I'll think about it or whatever. They all tell him no, basically. The new boss finds out that he is trying to steal some stuff from the office. And so he has him escorted out. And, of course, Michael... If he's, you know, Michael, he's going to sneak back into the building and crawl around on the floor and try to steal things. But then he gets caught and he doesn't steal anything. But surprisingly, at the end of the show, Pam, the beloved receptionist of the office, actually goes with him. And she wants to be a salesperson, which is kind of cool. And I really hope they use this as an opportunity to branch out um, again like they did in season three where there were two different offices. And he kind of went back and forth between the two. It just made it more interesting to me, I think. And as far as I know, Steve Carell signed in for two more seasons of The Office, so it doesn't mean he's like not going to be around anymore. So, But here's the official recap. Michael lets his staff know he's given Dunder Mifflin two weeks' notice. Now Michael is free to act however he wants around the office because he's leaving already. This includes drinking scotch, pestering his coworkers even more than usual, and he's not even going to worry about calories anymore. <laughs> so that's that's a uh, a brief little summary that the uh, NBC has posted on their website. So what can we learn from Michael Scott? Basically, we can learn how not to leave a job, <laughs> if nothing else. Definitely don't want to burn those bridges like that. Just made a fool out of himself, quite honestly. But that's just kind of what he does. It was really funny. It was really good. And so, I don't know. That's pretty much all my thoughts on that, I guess, at this point. But... I just really am curious to see how they're going to have this Michael Scott paper company in the future. And I hope it lasts for a couple more seasons because that just sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it really does. And so, anyway, I guess that's all the office talk for now. We're going to step away from the water cooler and maybe take a trip to a tropical island for a few minutes. And probably be something brief, kind of like this, um, about Lost. And we're going to discuss a little bit of He's Our You the latest episode of Lost. Uh, anyway, we'll be right back with some Lost talk after we hear some more from Cayman's Call. This day's been crazy, but everything's happened on schedule. From the rain and the cold to the drink that I spilled on my shirt. Cayman's Call with Table for Two, um, a little talk of 
destiny, if you will. Talked about that a little a few days ago with Slumdog Millionaire. Um, God's will, God's plan, God's sovereignty, and how uh, Derek, rightfully so, the Bible says that God knows all our days, that our days are written in his book um, before we were ever born, and he knows the length of our days and things. And so, kind of interesting. I like the way he said that, that, you know, this day's been crazy, but everything's happened on schedule, from the rain and the cold to the drink that was spilled on my shirt. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, and so obviously that's a huge theme. If you've watched the show Lost, that's a big deal on Lost. The theme of season five going into it was Destiny Calls. A big thing going on right now with Lost is some crazy things have happened. If you haven't kept up with the show, this won't make any sense probably, but there's been time travel going on in season five, which is weird. And right now, currently, several of our main survivors of the original plane crash and flight Oceania 815 back in season one are stuck in 1977 and we don't really know why um we don't know exactly how but several people were taken there um, roughly three years ago and then a few of those people came there roughly a few days ago maybe three or four days ago and so just kind of weird stuff happening there but one of the themes they've given to us all season from a couple different characters is even though they're in the past, they can't change anything. Whatever happened has happened, and it's not going to change. And so we've seen a, a young boy um, who was given birth to by a lady that um, Sawyer, one of the lost survivors, um, he saved her life. And so obviously we've met this young boy later on in the show or earlier in the show. And so obviously he lived, and so something happened. Apparently Sawyer happened to have saved his mom right before she gave birth to him. And um, this last week's episode, and I don't want to give away everything if you haven't seen it, but one of the key characters of the show was shot as a young person. And kind of the question is, okay, is that, are they dead? If they're dead, that's going to change the reality um, a little bit anyway. And then if they're not dead, is that going to be the incident that makes them into the person they become later? Um, so either way, it's kind of interesting. And so next week's episode, or maybe the next few episodes, should be pretty interesting as far as what's happening Um uh, one thing that kind of jumps out at us because of the possibility of an alternate reality is Saeed, one of the characters we've known since the first season, was given a book called A Separate Reality. And so perhaps it was foreshadowing that maybe all these people this season were wrong, that you can change the past, that you can influence what's happened. Or maybe that's just them trying to throw us off because they use lots of literary references, lots of names of famous people um, for characters. Um, John Locke, for instance, was a philosopher. Jeremy Bentham, just quite a few of them are that way. That They're very um, intelligent people who make this show, and they make this show for intelligent people, I think. And so you can dig into this as deep as you want to go, and pretty much anybody, um, any character, there's always something you can find out about you know, someone by that name, like Daniel Faraday is one of the characters that came into the show in season four and he was named after a physicist and he plays a physicist on the show. And so all sorts of things like that. The theme for season five has pretty much been, okay, these people left, giving away some clues, the people left, um, and they were supposed, they were never supposed to leave. They were supposed to be on the island. They were never supposed to go away from the island. And those people who left, had to come back. And then since they've come back, we really haven't seen them do anything and we don't know why they had to come back yet. And so that's one of, I guess, the questions of the rest of the season is why did the few people that left have to come back? I want to talk a little bit more about this idea um, in our next segment after some more Caveman's Call um, with the movie Knowing starring Nicolas Cage. It opened last weekend and I saw it today and just kind of give you some more info basically about 
determinism or randomness, basically. That's kind of one of the themes in that movie. And kind of along the ways that in Lost. In Lost, we don't know what is determining things. We don't know if it's supposed to be God or what. Like It appears that it is the the, the island is what how they kind of refer to it, that the island wanted this and the island wanted that and whatever, but we don't know what the island represents as far as a uh, some sort of a deity or some sort of... We don't we don't understand. We don't know yet. And so it is kind of different. Um, but we will take a look at more of those kind of ideas and when we come back from the little break with the knowing. All right. Stick around. And I'm not dying or fighting any wars Except on the inside The only thing I need is a void that you can fill And I jump ship and run even further in your will And I, looking for the well, no one drowns The rest of weary thoughts cannot deny When you wrap your arms around me, I can walk away Or face the emptiest all right that was caveman's call with the emptiest day and if you knew when the horrible horrible things were going to happen on the earth that would be an empty day and if you believe nothing happened for a purpose that would be an empty day um and if you just needed your family to be with you to face that that would be good and so that kind of ties into our little movie here um the movie is starring nicholas cage came out last friday night and he plays John Kessler, and he and his son Caleb are very brilliant young people. He actually teaches at MIT. He is a quantum physicist, and in one of his classes he talks about randomness versus determinism. And basically he says, you know, stuff happens. Um, and he doesn't believe there's a purpose to any of it. And I don't want to give away the whole story, but he has been basically depressed um, for roughly, I think, about a year since his wife died in a hotel fire in Phoenix. And that's that's basically his his initial part. But the movie actually begins back in 1959. You may have seen this on the uh, commercials. But a, a young lady, um, a girl named Lucinda Embry, uh, had some whispers in her head that we could hear and actually the beginning of the movie reminded me of Lost because there were numbers turning into words and you could hear whispers everywhere which I thought was cool because you hear whispers on Lost but um, little Lucinda was a sad little weird little child back in 1959 and her idea was to have a time capsule and her teacher said her class won the idea for the new school opening and that everyone should draw a picture where they thought the future should be like and instead of drawing a picture she wrote down lots of numbers on the front and back of a page and as we find out with Nicolas Cage, those numbers predicted every major tragedy with you know large numbers of lives lost um, for the next 50 years. And, I mean, you basically see that on the commercials. I'm not trying to give away stuff you don't see. But um, it actually tells you more than that and um, predicts things that have not happened yet. And all sorts of things happen after that. And I don't want to you know spoil it for you. I really enjoyed the movie. I... I really didn't like the way it ended. It did have a lot of uh, there. There were some some spiritual type things in the movie. There were um, Christian 
references. There were uh, his Mr. Kessler's dad was a pastor. His sister came and said she'd pray for him. Um, you know, a few things like that. There was a reference to the book of Ezekiel. There was like a drawing we see at one point with that. Um, but then at the end of the movie, it basically took two biblical references and just kind of made them something they weren't. And I just didn't like that. I, I mean, I, I just didn't. I mean, it was a twist ending, which was kind of cool, but I didn't like it. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I did like the movie overall. I just didn't like the fact they were... And this is what Hollywood does a lot of times with anything they related to the Bible or Christianity. They'll take it and make it something that's really not. Um, you know, you, you can see that in almost any kind of movie where there's a, a priest or a you know preacher or whoever. Um, they're, I don't know. It's just... Anyway, they definitely do that with, with this movie. And it's been done with similar movies I've seen recently. Um, similar um, things. But... Yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was still a pretty good movie. I think I'd give it a six and a half or seven. Overall, I'll probably see it again. I, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, that's about all, I guess, with The Knowing with Nicolas Cage. And we will be right back with one of our celebrity interviews. And that'll pretty much wrap up the show. But let's hear some more Cayman's Call before we get into that. Stick around. Sometimes I fear maybe I'm not chosen. You've hardened my heart like Pharaoh. And that would explain why life is so hard for me. And the Random City Podcast is back. I'm here in the studio with Eddie Murphy, a good friend of mine. Uh, he used to work on some stuff with old Ed back in the day. And so he stopped by for a quick interview. And uh, hey, let's go on into Hey, Eddie, how you doing? Hey, Jimmy, good to see you, man. All right, all right. Um, so are there any more Shrek movies coming out? I enjoyed those movies. Oh, man, I love playing that donkey. You know I did, but uh, I don't know the me anymore. Well, um, what about the Nutty Professors? You know, you made... Made a couple of those. Uh, I think you made a pretty good amount of money with those. You, you think any more of those might ever come out? Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, the no, Sherman Clump and everything. And, you know, I don't know. 98, 99, 100. I don't, I don't know. What about, uh, you know, those characters? What if you had a spinoff? I don't know if I have a spinoff now. You know, I'm I, I'm an old lady now. I can't have my own movie now. <laughs> That's a good one, Eddie. Okay. What about... Um, what's some other movies you've you've done recently? Anything you're working on? Anything you got in the works? It'll be fun. Well, uh, actually, yeah, I'm making Beverly Hills Cop Four. Really, from the '80s? Are you making a sequel to an '80s movie? Wow, I'm sorry to hear that, Ed. Well, that's about all the time we have tonight um, for the Random City Podcast. Um, for me and for Eddie Murphy, have a wonderful, wonderful night. And we're gonna play out the show with a little bit of Cayman's Call. Hope to carry on. Good night. Isn't tomorrow everybody?